Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hey everybody, welcome back to OsteoCast. Uh, myself, Colby, Amanda, Sarah here. Hey Just uh, have a chat about the respiration system and breathing and uh, and whatnot. So uh, today the, the quick and easy plan is we're going to talk a little bit about the anatomy of, of breathing and how the breathing cycle mechanics work. And then we're going to answer some questions that were sent in on, uh, on Instagram by some listeners and uh, have a little discussion from there. So uh, feel free, listen in. If you have any questions for us, give us a shout outside of here and we'll go from there. Um, so first things first, we're going to do a review of the anatomy. I know that uh, Amanda per- did some preparation for this, so we're going to leave this to her to start and we'll go from there. <laughs> um, so just talking about air coming into our body first, we it comes in through our nose, goes down through our trachea or windpipe, and then that's going to divide into two bronchi. Um, and then those further branch out um, and end in alveoli. Some interesting facts about the lungs. So the left lung has two lobes, but the right lung has three. Um, And that's just so that there's room for our heart to sit um, more so into that left cardiac notch of the left lung. So we're going to take in O2 from the air outside and we're going to expire CO2. We'll talk a little bit about how that happens. What is O2 and CO2? Um, And then... Sorry. (laughs) Oxygen and carbon dioxide. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Cool. Anything else to add to that? No, we're good. All right. So that's a brief review of the anatomy there for the lungs. So obviously breathing in, getting down to the lungs, and then uh, doing their oxygen or gas uh, exchange there. Um, So then, Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit about the breathing mechanics in terms of, of what allows us to actually take air in and push air out? Definitely. So breathing in general is more of a passive movement. The lungs are passive organs. So they really kind of expand uh, to take in more air and then relax. Or the little alveoli Amanda talked about that create that diffusion of air that take in oxygen when you breathe in and then release carbon dioxide when you breathe out. And their big diaphragm muscle, which sits right underneath the lungs, um, and on top of all the organs beneath them, um, so the organs of the stomach, you have your spleen, your liver, um, all of those guys underneath there. The diaphragm basically is going to move up and down to help create that volume pressure and that change in atmospheric pressure through the lungs to create this passive movement of breathing in and breathing out. And of course, uh, if you're working out, then you can use your muscles to help make a bigger motion through that breathing. So what I mean there is that when you take a big breath in, if you're going out for a run, for example, you're going to start to activate your intercostal muscles. You're going to really get the diaphragm going. Um, We kind of call them the alternative breathing muscles. So you're going to use your scalenes, which are through the neck. Um, So basically that whole thoracic area. So from neck down to pretty much your pelvis or your hip bones are going to contract and really help you take that deep breath. um, If it becomes more of an active breathing cycle versus passive breathing. Anything to add? 
um, just a little bit with how the like the diaphragm, um, what the diaphragm does when it contracts. So as you breathe, as it pulls the the diaphragm, essentially, if you don't know, it's like a sheet of muscle that connects to all of the ribs in the front and back of the body. And as it contracts, it actually pulls down. And as it pulls down towards your your pelvis, it creates more volume and therefore less pressure in the chest cavity. So the air wants to come in, rush in for oxygen and, and gas uh, diffusion and exchange. And then when you exhale, it's actually passive. All of the little muscles that are in between the ribs and the diaphragm itself and the lungs are quite elastic. They all basically want to return to their resting state, which pushes the air out. So that's your inhale and, and exhale. So it's good to note here that your inhale is actually more of an active motion. Your exhale is passive. And then as uh, Sarah was mentioning, there is the secondary breathing muscles and mechanic where when you're in higher demand for air, some extra muscles actually start to pull and push to get more in and more out a little bit faster. Uh, so it's all about demand. So breathing is all about demand. It's what your body requires uh, in order to, to survive. And some people have uh, higher demands and some people have less demands. And then of course, uh, your health determines that as well. The healthier you are, the less your demands generally will be, and then more unhealthy will be higher demands, of course. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Is there anything else you guys want to cover in terms of the breathing? The only other thing I was going to say is that the reason that that gas, like the reason that the air goes in, so Colby said that it's creating less pressure, but gases like to travel from high pressure to low pressure. So when we create uh, more space within the lungs, when the diaphragm drops, um, that's why gases and air flows in is because it's traveling from the high pressure to the low pressure. System. Yeah. So a good example of that is like, if you have a balloon that you've blown up, when you let go of the, I don't know, the nipple of the balloon, the elastic property of the balloon pushes the air out. So it's pushing from a high pressure to a low pressure system. So that's a similar thing as like your exhalation with your lungs, just not quite as uh, strong of a force. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and just to mention breathing, there's a few uh, important processes that also go into that, is that when you breathe in and out, you're also helping the lungs pump, pump blood in and out of them. Um, so we call that perfusion. You have gas exchange, which we mentioned called diffusion. And then finally, ventilation, where we're taking air in and out of the lungs. So lots of port and mechanics happening with every breath you take. And um, also in osteopathy treatments, why we encourage breathing a lot of the time. And we really use that breath, uh, as Colby mentioned, all the mechanical components where the diaphragm attaches to, to really use that change in pressure and that big pumping motion to help our treatments and get a little little bit deeper uh, with each movement we do. Absolutely. And we don't want to get into too much detail into every little piece that breathing is affected by and different breathing methods because that could take us weeks on here to go through. But it's important to note exactly what Sarah said and, and to note that the breathing mechanic in terms of the diaphragm working is not only with air, moving air in and out of the lungs. It also has to do with pumping fluids through the body acting as a, a low pressure to high pressure system for, you know, venous fluids and lymphatic fluids. And it helps uh, churn and push the digestive system so that you can have better bowel movements and all kinds of things. So breathing properly is very important. And if you feel like you're having any issues with breathing, um, obviously the first step is going to your physician. And then secondly, if you just have a little bit of a catcher, it's not quite working properly. You can always go see an osteopathic practitioner, whoever that may be to help you get into a better, better breathing position. Um, do you guys have anything to add for breathing or for the lungs there? I know we have a couple questions that we can get into. Um, 
Nothing? Uh, nope. I have a question when we get to them that I'll add in. All right. Let me pull up our questions here so I can give you guys one of them, okay? So first question that we got uh, from one of our listeners, uh, she said, love it. Uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on the whole nasal breathing trend, especially with working out. Uh, there's lots of discussion out there on the benefits of maxing or maxing out your breathing work um, with uh, maximum pushing in and out and holding your breath, etc. Um, how do you like, what do you think about the breathing and, and how does that impact physiology? And then eventually, of course, the entire body, as we always talk about in osteopathy. Um, so one thought to, to start that off is that as we're, um, not actively breathing or if we're holding our breath, um, we are changing the CO, the oxygen and carbon dioxide, um, ratio. So we're increasing carbon dioxide within our blood. So that oxygen transport into the tissues is going to become more efficient. Yeah. So we're, we're supposed to be breathing through our nose. That's what it's designed to do. That's where air is supposed to come in and, um, and that's how we prep the air to come into our lungs by um, making sure that it's warmed and, and moisturized. Right on. So basically, uh, that's, uh, uh, I guess, the anatomical component of the nose is that the nose itself is designed to, like, the air comes in and it kind of spins around in the nerves or the, the nerves in the nose a little bit. And that moisturizes and like, humidifies essentially the air coming in so that the lungs have a better. Um, ability to take it on because the lungs of course are a moist environment and with that you'll notice we have another question coming up later that we'll touch back onto that with um another thing that i wanted to mention on this is that they're they're talking about the physiological component is there is a neurological component to it with breathing and and having increased co2 or increased carbon dioxide or increased oxygen uh in the nose and in the or in the lungs and in the blood and part of that is that if you can limit your breath a little bit, especially on the inhalations. Um, I mean, I've read some studies and some stuff where they block one uh, nostril and things like that will actually cause the parasympathetic system to increase a little bit. So you can actually activate your parasympathetic nervous system and get your body to calm down. If you didn't know, that's the nervous system that will kind of bring everything down or uh, sometimes you'll hear it called rest and digest. And you can actually activate or increase the... Uh, parasympathetic tone by changing your breathing patterns. May that be uh, blocking one nostril or, or holding your breath for a period of time and going through different breathing cycles, which there's many different ways to do it and hundreds because it's a huge, huge thing right now. And it's been for a long time, but there are many different breathing methods to do that. So one thing, of course, is the um, parasympathetic response as well. There are some uh, mechanical changes, of course, as well with nasal breathing, with purely breathing through your nose, it will actually help you with your, uh, the upper portion of your lungs and ribs in terms of them raising, like lifting up as you inhale and dropping as you exhale. Um, and then of course we talked a little bit earlier was in terms of the need for air inside the body. If you have a larger requirement, you're going to breathe out of the mouth. If you force yourself to breathe in and out of the nose, when you need to breathe in and out of the mouth, you can limit your body's ability to do the work that you're doing as well as limit the breathing mechanics because your secondary breathing mu muscles are going to be trying to help, but unable to do their job because the nose can't supply or get rid of enough air. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just to note, I find um, 
you know, in clients we see in the office, a lot of them come in and actually don't have um, proper breathing or they find it's hard to catch a breath. Um, and they're just, their breathing rhythms are just off in general. So breathing is a very big topic that comes up in the office and a big thing we work on throughout uh, osteopathic care just to improve overall function of the body and you need to have good oxygen diffusion taking in blood pardon me taking in air letting air go to get the body to heal and get things moving much better yeah and then the last component of that was talking about like structural change in the body because as we talked about in one of our previous podcasts with the uh, principles of osteopathy, uh, structure and function are reciprocally interrelated on all levels. Um, we, we're talking a little bit about the physiology, but structurally, if we eliminate the mechanical component in terms of how our ribs and stuff move as we nasal breathe, um, but we purely talk about oxygen levels, if your nasal breathing gives your body enough oxygen and air to function, then there's no issues at all. If it has a limitation and doesn't give your body enough, then there can be long-term changes from that where your body has lower oxygen levels, lower oxygen levels lead to higher levels of waste product in the system, which can lead to all kinds of things. And I mean, we're not physicians or scientists, so we can't talk too much about it, of course. Um, but you can have different things where your tissues get a little bit more restricted or your your body doesn't move quite as well as it should. Or sometimes you'll get um, like tightnesses because there's not enough nutrients and oxygen for those tissues may that be muscle fascia whatever it may be to move and work properly so sometimes you'll see some changes because there's a lack of or decrease in that so you don't want to force yourself to breathe out of your nose regardless of what you're reading on the internet um, unless your body's capable of doing so and if it's not capable of doing so it's either going to be related to a, a structural change so something you may need to receive treatment for and or a fitness change which you may need to work towards uh in the long run. And just talking about how that breathing can change, like you said, Colby, if you're not getting enough enough air in through your nose, your body is going to stimulate that your your body is going to stimulate breathing so that your breathing is going to become quicker um, and faster because it needs to get more air in. So you're actually changing changing the mechanics of how you're going to start breathing um, because it it needs to neutralize the acids that are in in the yeah. blood. So as Amanda was talking about uh, breathing heavily, I'm sure everyone's seen a movie or, or something where someone's grabbed one of those brown paper bags and they breathe into it slowly just to calm themselves down. And that's the same idea as when you get breathing too quickly, your body can't get, uh, the air doesn't have enough time inside your body to actually exchange. So you slow it down so they breathe little bigger, deeper breaths into the bag to actually get that that exchange of gases. Yep. And a note to, it also starts to calm down that parasympathetic system, which you mentioned before as well, right? So, Well, yeah, if you're talking about like in the movies, it's always like a panic attack or something. Yeah. And that, of course, um, helps that as well when you get the parasympathetic nervous system to calm it down. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add to that question? No, I think we no, covered it all. I think we covered it. All right. So the next question we got here then uh, was uh, another listener. She said, why does running in the cold cause me to have an asthmatic response? Uh, like an example, like coughing or, or having some difficulty with deep breaths. Um, she is asthmatic, but the running in the cold, that cold air makes it worse. 
Well, especially if you're breathing through your mouth and not your nose. So when you breathe through your nose, you're actually warming up the air as it kind of comes through the mucus, down the trachea, um, all the way into the lungs. It kind of has an extra time to warm up, whereas you're breathing in and out through the mouth. Um, you're almost sucking in that cold air and it doesn't really have that much time to warm up through the body, which could cause a bit of the cough reflux to occur and some difficulty breathing. Yeah, so it's the the cold air, especially cold dry air, will cause irritation to the alveoli, which is the little sacs of air inside the lungs where the actual uh, gas exchange occurs. And the cold air and the dry as well will actually irritate the the lining of that and make them almost like constrict essentially. Just like if you put heat on an area in your body to warm it up and get blood flow there, if you put ice on it, it, it reduces the blood flow. The same thing happens in the lung what that will do is limit the gas exchange across. And then therefore, because you're not getting enough gas exchange in the body, it might limit some, some uh, difficulty breathing, some coughing or, or some further heavy breathing because of it. Anything to add with yeah, that? Right on. Okay. That one was pretty, pretty simple one. I mean, basically a cold air irritates the lungs. Um, I know I wanted to mention on this or talk about this uh, just before we finished up with the podcast was um, a little bit about how, treatment, osteopathic treatment in particular, may help uh, the breathing or breathing mechanic. So do either of you guys want to just do something brief? We don't have to get into too much detail, of course, uh, on breathing in terms of treatment. Like how can treatment help that? So our big thing, as you probably have figured out by now, is that we want movement. We want functional movement through the body. So if you come in and, um, for example, if your chest is a little bit restricted, just in the sense that your muscles are really tight and maybe even have limited range of motion through the arms, that's going to affect how much the lungs can expand and recoil in the sense of if there's really tight muscles around the area, there isn't going to be room for that movement to occur. So what we want to do in treatment is we want to focus on relieving any tension that's occurring and figuring out does that muscle need to be lengthened or shortened um, based on the nervous system response. So do we need to kind of shut down that muscle spasm if that's what it is? Do we need to encourage it to stretch out a little bit more? Um, and we're talking from, you know, the chest, but this is going down into the rib cage, through the diaphragm, um, basically what you would kind of consider the belly area, making sure there's no restrictions in there, no pulls through the fascia, the muscular layer, um, and even down into the pelvis. It's all related. We have these big lines of force that go through the body, and we just want to make sure we find some balance and some movement through that whole area. Absolutely. I like that. I don't have a ton to add. Only one point that I'm going to add on to it is the uh, nerves that supply the diaphragm and, and part of that breathing mechanic. First of all, um, the breathing mechanic comes off the upper back and then in terms of the diaphragm itself comes from the neck. So it's a good thing to keep in mind that the neck also has to be a consideration with breathing and diaphragmatic mechanics because it can have an effect on it. So Three, once four, five the, keeps the yeah. diaphragm alive. <laughs> yeah. So once again, as you guys have heard us a couple of times, basically when we start talking about uh, osteopathic care, what we're looking for without uh, a specific lesion present is that the entire body has to be aligned and functioning properly so that it can work properly because every single piece is connected and every single piece, if not working properly, will make other things not work properly. So we got to go through the entire system and, and make sure that things are working as they should. Exactly. So if you have trouble 
with breathing. I mean, obviously the first step as mentioned before is to see your doctor if there's something going on. Um, but if it's just a little bit of limitation or, you know, you'd find that part of your ribs aren't raising properly when you inhale or whatever that may be, go see your osteopathic practitioner. If you don't have one, then go find one and, uh, see if you can get some treatment to help you out. Other than that, I think that's about it for today. Do you guys have anything further, any questions to add? I know you said you had a question to add as we were going through the questions, Sarah. Do you have that or do we already do that? Uh, no, one more question. Uh, it just seems relevant to what we're talking about. What causes hiccups? As everyone has experienced before. Do you know the answer, Miss Sarah? I do. All right. Have at her. <laughs> Give her. Uh, so it's irritation of that nerve Colby was talking about, the phrenic nerve, which supplies the diaphragm. Um, so basically hiccups are kind of spasmic muscle contractions of your diaphragm from an irritation of the phrenic nerve. So okay. my follow-up question would be, why do you try to scare someone to get rid of the hiccups? Because it increases the sympathetic tone within the body. And what? how would that help? So I... My, uh, my answer would be in terms of if you add the scaring part to it is that the cardiac centers for the heart come off the, like the cardiac ganglion come off of the neck. So if you have that sympathetic response and cause the heart rate and or blood pressure to increase because of that, the same nerve roots are shared with the phrenic nerve to get the phrenic nerve to calm down in that same sense, or to at least change a beat. So you're not hiccuping. Perfect. I don't know if that's right. It's purely just guessing. Yeah, so hopefully cool. it's right. Uh, for anyone listening, uh, please tune in on uh, hiccups and and why that uh, why that change occurs. Uh, please give us a shout uh, on Instagram at osteocast underscore and uh, let us know what you think about that. And we will go from there. We'll be back next week, I'm sure, with another episode. If you have anything that you want to learn about or hear about or hear us ramble on about, please send us a message and we will do our best to do it. Otherwise, take care. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.